of TFS, episode number 101. This is Greg Duncan. And this is Martin Woodward. Hey, Martin. So, uh, weren't you at well, Connect yesterday? Yeah, well, I haven't actually been to bed yet. So, uh, I was at Connect <laughs> this morning, my body time. <laughs> yeah, it's been a busy, busy few weeks. So, uh, we're back to the, so we're at the MVP Summit. We recorded a, a live, well, recorded a show in the Channel 9 studios, which was great fun. I wish we could do that every week. It was so good to see everybody. And now we're yeah, back that's... to normal, just us two. <laughs> <laughs> That was fun. I, that's the first time the four of us has been together in in a, a long time. If yeah, I, I ever when our last show, I don't think we were ever. We've never done a show together like physically. It's you know it's no. very rare that you and I have. And then I'm not sure even like we've never sat all down next to each other physically either. You know, so yeah, it was great. It was just good to see everybody. So awesome. Um, the and then yeah, no, and, and then so after after that MVP summit came home then. Was in, um, went over to London, uh, hung out, got to hang out with John Skeet for a while, which is cool. Um, mm-hmm. and talked about some stuff there, which is really good. Um, and then anything you uh, can share? Uh, yeah, we were just chatting about, you know, just so John, um, is involved in the ECMA standard for C sharp and things like that. So yeah, we were just chatting away. So it's good, just, you know, learning more about what's going on in, in the, in the C sharp world and thinking about the futures of the C sharp language. It was a, like last, that was last week and into recording My mind was just completely blown. <laughs> talking to, I'm, I'm with like Mads and Torgensen and Dustin Campbell and then, um, and John Skeet and just language, language, language. And I'm like, whoa, I'm well, I'm a depth here. And then we, we did that. Then I was at Future Decoded, uh, which is a mm-hmm. big conference. So that's where Satya was at and, and Scott Guthrie. three. And they announced some stuff like, um, you know, UK data centers for Azure and a few other things got announced that day. Um, and Professor Brian Cox was there, which was a big, a big treat for me because he's, you know, a, a fairly famous physicist over here. So it's cool to see him. And they did a talk about quantum computing. I did it about open source and stuff. And, you know, Mads and Dustin were doing talks as well. And then on the Thursday, we went out and hung out with Microsoft Research for a day out in Cambridge. Again, another mind-blowing day. I was like, whoa, that's just crazy. So it was, um, it was pretty, uh, yeah, pretty intense. And just seeing, you know, again, I was, you know, I was felt incredibly stupid. This is the thing. <laughs> can talk about AM and Agile and all that rubbish. But when we get into compiler, I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm a proper PM nowadays. I'm like, you know, there's people talking completely over my head. I'm like, oh, I'm uh, and we got to see Tony Hall, which was pretty cool. You know, famous, fairly famous computer scientist, last of his last of his generation, Sir Tony. Um, so that was pretty awesome. Um, for uh, you know, for for Mads, it was it was obviously you know, he came out glowing. I got to see Brian Cox last <laughs> week, and then I got to you know, we uh, Stephen Hawkins opened the Connect conference this morning or yesterday. Right recording it yeah and you know he's he got to spend an hour with with um tony hall which is just cool he you know so he he's just everything it was just you know like sort of just everything he's, he's got a, a turing prize and the, the dude's like let's say last was you know last of that generation of the absolute pioneering computer scientists so that was pretty cool and uh, felt completely stupid in his presence, obviously. <laughs> and then um, went off, and then that was that. Then we spent Friday with customers in the city of London, and then came home, 
then went over to New York and then did the Connect conference and then uh, flew back home straight after the Connect conference. So, and, and then I'm talking to you. So I haven't actually slept since Connect. So that's awesome. <laughs> uh, sleeping's overrated. Yeah, not really. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, as you get older, sleeping becomes actually more and more important, I think. Yeah, well, I had, and so I normally can sleep quite well on the plane, but I had this, it was a full flight and somebody sat next to me and decided, you know, who's just want, decided they wanted to stay up all night watching TV and whacking the screen. And you know, I was like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, not to worry. But no, so the Connect was was crazy. So we announced quite a lot of stuff. It was hard keeping up with, that, especially that first like hour and a bit of Scott Guthrie's keynote. No, that was crazy. Yeah, that that was. Yeah, I'm like making brain dump notes myself. Like, ah, oh, we got this, and we got this, we got this, we got this, we got this. Um, and we'll have sh- uh, links in the show notes. But um, yeah, that was that was pretty interesting. And the fact that there was no big bang, huge monstrous announcement, but there was about a bazillion little bang announcements i don't know i mean so what what took the twitter storm by far was um so we announced a beta of visual studio code but um more more interestingly you know as far as the twitterverse is concerned we announced that we're open sourcing it so it's now available uh, um github.com whack microsoft whack vs code it's all there which is pretty amazing really um so yeah so that's the that that's pretty good and it's really come a long way the visual studio code it's getting more and more impressive and they also have a extensibility model in there as well so you can extend it to do what you want so that was pretty cool then that, uh, go ahead sorry. there's the new gallery for it too that it plugs yeah. into marketplace.visualstudio.com and that marketplace that- is like a unified marketplace as well. It's not just got Visual Studio Code stuff in, but it's also got all the extensions for um, Visual Studio Online, as it used to be called, but it's now <laughs> called Visual Studio Team Services. We're back to VSTS. Awesome. We can yeah. dig out all our old uh, merchandise. It's brilliant. I- I'm going to have a hard time with remembering services, not systems, services. But uh, yeah, yeah. Th- I was, I was, was talking one- to Brian uh, earlier on, well, earlier on today, stroke uh-huh. last night and um he was um, i'm just gonna yeah i'm just gonna pretend it's the same day it's easier in my yeah. brain and um yeah I was, I was like hey brian i'm really impressed you called it team services the whole way through and he's like oh i know <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's good that was one of the funny things at the um, MVP summit is that, you know, when they announced this, we, we heard about this a couple of weeks ago. And of course we're under NDA, couldn't talk about it, but uh, you know, they're still trying to determine what they're going to really call it. VSTS, VS team, uh, uh, you know, what's the vernacular that we're going to, you know, the quick thing, because calling, saying it VSTS, that, that's a kind of a mouthful. Um, visual, you know, visual studio team services is, is a mouthful. VS team, that, that's, I think that's doable. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I quite like that actually. But anyway, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Um, and what was, uh, from my side of the house as well, obviously we announced RCs of ASP.NET 5 and, R- and .NET Core 5 um, with a GoLive license. But um, the audience, it was weird being in the audience. It was, it was it didn't, it didn't, they didn't pick up on this, but the whole stuff we've shown around the new .NET command line and being able to compile a .NET application on Linux down to a native executable. And that was like, that's huge. And everyone in the audience, you know, we're all like managers in suits and things. And they were like, oh, all right. But yeah, no. I was watching that live and Hansen was all, Scott Hansen was like, okay, you can applaud now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That 
was like, it's amazing and it's brilliant and it's like it's just and if you look at this it's, it's super fast because it's native code you know and it's um uh yeah and the way it works is it like takes the the um the il and converts it to c and compiles it that way kind of thing so you know it's pretty crazy um yeah so no i was really i was it's really cool and it's super fast it's and um the 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 size of the executables depends on what you call in but you know they're 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 typically quite you know compared with other things like go and stuff they're they're typically quite compact so yeah it's huge i mean that's that's what you want as a linux developer want to take some c-sharp code and compile it down to just an executable you don't want you know you don't want to have to bring around a framework with you and stuff so yeah anyway. but i gotta bitch i gotta whine about that well, you know as a line of business developer that had beyond the technical coolness yep i you know trying to talk about this here at work with my co line of business they're all like so it's it huh. just it, there is uh, you know, until I can do a WPF app statically linked, uh, natively compiled on my Windows machine, that would explode my brain. There would be brain matter everywhere. This, I, I, I'm not going to use this. I, I really, you know, am not. I don't do any Linux dev. I don't do any uh, Mac dev. Um, I, I think it's cool. I, I think it's nifty. I, I really am glad that they changed the, the DNX, the .NET execution mm. environment process into this new .NET command line utility and are uh, unifying all that. That makes that easier Which to works understand. Across all, you know, it works between like C-sharp and VB and F-sharp and things. It's not just, you know, it, it is a .NET command line and you'd be able to right. get .NET and .NET build. <laughs> The funny thing is, I spent the day with customers in the city of London, and they uh-huh. were all about this. This was what was really interesting. They were like thrilled about this stuff that was coming out because um, the, the, a lot of uh, financial institutions guys are moving to you know lightweight microservices, fully Dockerized, and all that sort of stuff. So hey, the the, the important thing that was kind of stre- but but tried to get stressed during the connect message i'm not sure if it, it definitely i stressed it in my in my talks like last week and stuff is that all the stuff all the stuff you you know all the stuff we've always done we're still always doing and we made faster and we have 64-bit JIT support we brought in roslyn and we brought in the language improvements you know what i mean we we improved it all and then we went and built this stuff and so right. you know it, it yeah so there's more people it's more relevant to more people yeah, and don't get me wrong. The, the ASP.NET 5 work and the, the, the entire reboot and everything, that is awesome. Uh, and that does ec- excite me as a one day I have to become a web developer guy and I'm just going to start there um, or return to be a web developer mm. guy. Um, and the way that's cross-platforming, I was watching Connect Live uh, just this morning and um, the second day of Connect. And they were talking about the ASP.NET 5 stuff and, and how, you know – People I talk to again, they don't. They could care less about the cross-platform. They don't understand what the draw is. But then I saw this Connect session today, and, and they're talking about well, um, one of the things they had to deal with was MaxPath. You know, in yeah. the Windows world, we've been dealing with MaxPath for forever. But when they're doing this on on Linux and Mac, it, that, that's retarded. There is no such thing as MaxPath. So they they made the ASP.NET work and and all the .NET Core and everything work on that. Where you had, you know, thousands of characters, and then they retrofitted that back into the Windows side. Yeah, 
And that one, that is why that cross-platform, because the cross-pollinization and the ideas that work on one platform and move on to the others and then back and forth, it improves the whole thing. So mm-hmm. there is, it's not, they're not just doing it to sit, to do a checkbox. Oh, no, you know? no, it's definitely not yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Well, we announced, much uh, yeah, we also announced, gosh, so uh, since we last I mean, we don't want to turn it into an ASP net show. Anyway, we also <laughs> announced the Red Hat support, which is a big thing, you know. So uh, basically, um, you can get Red Hat lo- loads in Azure, and you can get you know, .NET on Red Hat's fully supported, and the co-locating support engineers with Red Hat and things like that. So um, yeah, that that that, that was. That was just you know, cats and dogs. Anyway, this is Radio TFS, so let's go on to the uh, so Team System, and oh no no sorry Team Services. There we go. I've done it myself. <laughs> And then we did the we showed off the IntelliJ plugin, which is pretty cool. Uh, we talked about the Visual Studio Dev Essentials. Do you want to explain that to folks, or you, can you explain that to folks, or do you want me to? No, I got it. Uh, the the Dev Essentials it's it's a consolidation that brings together all of the free developer resources. Um, basically, everything that a developer needs free within the licensing agreements. You know, VS Community, VS Code, but beyond that, um, everything you need to create applications for any device or operating system. Uh, it also includes the free tier of Visual Studio Team Services. Um, it has priority support, training support. You get even Pluralsight training, uh, Wintelect training. You get free Xamarin stuff. And in early 2016, you're going to get those free Azure credits. We've always talked about if you're an MSDN subscriber, you get all those free Azure credits. Well, with uh, Visual Studio Dev Essentials, in 2016, you'll get free monthly credits as well, like $25 of, of free credits. So, uh, yeah. So $25 is enough to run quite a bit of stuff. Like Radio TFS comes in at about $3, you know, yeah. including the CDN. <laughs> so. So that should like eliminate a huge number of barriers for you know you guys doing your you know personal projects out there. You don't have MSDN. You're thinking about Azure, but it's kind of scary because you don't know what's going to cost or something. Yeah, that Visual Studio Dev Essentials. That's that's actually very cool. And what's also nice is associated with this is my.visualstudio.com, which is a single portal to help you manage all your developer benefits. Ooh, I have to go. I haven't actually had a look at them at the portal yet. I should do that. <laughs> and then we also had the um, update one of Visual Studio 2015 and TFS 2015 as well. Um, so, you know, a bunch of, uh, especially if you've been using Visual Studio team services. There you go. I'm getting right. there. But then, um, you know, those are on RC and they won't be actually released until the 30th. Yeah. So, sorry, yeah, yeah. The announcement was, it was announced at the a date for them. So that's cool. Right. Um, and but that's bringing a bunch of the features that we've been using out and you know in in uh, team services into on-prem. So that's good good to go. And, you know, it's one of those things where um, if you've been holding off on on the twenty-five upgrade, then maybe go to twenty-five update one and all those sorts. Of things. It's all good. Um, what else? Da-da-da, iOS builds. That, I've got to talk about that. Golf clap for the team. That's <laughs> that, that was impressed. I mean, so we've had we've had the Xcode build targets in you know building X for ages, and mm-hmm. since since you know since it was first coded up, and we've had cross-platform build agents for ages. Um, where we've always um, struggled is being able to give you a um, a hosted. Um, a hosted build environment for Mac builds because uh, Azure doesn't have you know Mac servers running in it, um, right. and it's the 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 way that the Apple EULA is set up is actually quite hard to do that. 
you know so but um they've partnered with a um a company called mac in cloud and you can go do that now you can go get um mac build servers out in out in the cloud and just look at it have your own build agents now you do have to pay there is a charge of because obviously you know you're paying for this company to go host a Mac for you kind of thing. So there's a charge of it. It's about £30 a month per agent, I think, if I remember. But um, you yeah. go pay that, and then you've got your own agent, and you know it's set up. And um, If you want to do code signing and things then you still need you know you still need your apple developer program subscription and stuff so that's kind of why it's uh um yeah it, it's kind of like little you pay for some services but man you know it's awesome you can go to your xcode builds host it in the cloud and don't have to maintain your own little mac mini sat under a certain desk somewhere to do it so it's cool which <laughs> no, is basically cloud do by the way is i have a bunch of mac minis in a rack but anyway there we go just one of the, the the tricks that your brain will play on you for the life of me i've been reading that as main cloud until really? you said okay. mac in cloud it's like oh shit, uh, there's a c in there oh it's mac in cloud i was just not seeing the c and just thinking it was main uh, cloud uh, uh, that's okay. and mac in cloud it makes a lot more sense now doesn't it yeah yeah sure does no, uh, but no, it, it was crazy but we i'm trying to think but i mean in terms of like TFS stuff. Uh, the release management. Oh my goodness. We, we announced that as well. The RM stuff and showed that off. Didn't uh, Donovan do, do an amazing job with his demos? If you haven't seen it. Oh yeah. He killed it. And I really liked how they tied them all together. I know that I think they've been doing that in previous shows, but they basically did this health kit um, yep. website and all these demos the, the whole day were, you know, demoing different parts of that uh, suite. So it was, I, I like that, you know, not a bunch of hello worlds, but like kind of a real app and everybody was demoing different parts and different pieces and, and how they'd all work together. Yeah. And the, um, the so that, RM stuff they've got is very, very similar to the, you know, it, it's similar in kind of feeling to the build stuff, the new build stuff. You know, it's all very composable, drag and drop, like, steps in the web and define your environments and define how to deploy to those environments and it fully integrates with docker chef you know uh just execute random bash script on some linux box you know it's it's pretty crazy it's 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 pretty good and and we've been using it to ship um vsts <laughs> i'm so tired <laughs> team services we've been using it to ship to vso for quite a long time actually um so that's an interesting you know it actually does some pretty major deployments mm-hmm. let's see what else was the exciting things oh they uh um that they demoed visual studio dot next uh, no version number on it but it was a really pretty nifty beyond the the c sharp seven preview the the new setup i was i had to giggle when amanda came on and you know Let's start with the setup, and I'm like, "Wow, <laughs> we're going to spend time on setup. Right, this, this is going to be a long keynote." But uh, no, it was it was it was actually pretty cool, and it you like it has like a minimal setup installation, a bit like Office, but not quite as good as not quite as not quite as neat as Office is, where it smoothly streams new features into you. You kind of right going to set up and you can get a very very minimal install of vs and then you can come back again and add more and things so it's pretty awesome yeah she made that point and that minimal isn't gigabytes it's megabytes yeah yeah yeah, so, yeah which is a bit different and you can it? play with those early versions of that and they do a side-by-side install so you can play with um c sharp 7 via that new setup environment um or experience without impacting your dev environment which is 
I think it's important. I mean, I couldn't play with it at work because if it impacted work, then you can't do it. So, and you can always go grab it. You can always use your Azure VM credits with your MSDN subscription to go create a VM in Azure and play with it there. That's what I true. Did I tell you the story about when I was going to a demo and I'd I'd forgotten my laptop? I've told that one before. Okay. Yeah, yeah, sure have. Right. And oh, uh, have we talked about? Um, I'm probably completely stamping over the running order as well. Okay. Did we talk about the? Um, we we talked a bit about build, but we didn't talk about the test results in build, did we yet? So no. Yeah. So this is um, yeah, bringing in your test results directly into the build, but actually showing them there and basically bringing it all into the web, um, but giving you some really good insights and a lot better dashboarding and all that sort of stuff. So really showing you test results, but better than that, it's all completely. They've done it in a completely cross-platform way. So as well as showing you your test results from MS Test, whatever you can, you know, you got X unit, MB unit, J unit, which is important. The um, Xcode test result format, um, you know, all sorts of stuff. So it's pretty impressive. Yeah, they, we talked about that at the summit as well, and they were just, you know, they were asking. Brian Harry was talking about it. It's like, look, you know, we can either. You know, put it in the big IDEs. When it was just Visual Studio, it's fine to put it there. But now we've got um, Visual Studio, we've got Visual Studio Code, we've got IntelliJ, we've got Eclipse, we've got all, and we have the web. We have all these different environments. You know, we just can't iterate it fast enough. You know, they can't make the changes. They can't do what they want to do and make it as cross-platform. Uh, so it's like, okay, well, what wins? You know, the web's going to win. And this way they can iterate it dramatically faster and make it good and make it great for everybody yeah so this type of stuff i think is fine i found more and more that i'm mostly using the ide integration for um uh source control mm -hmm. and i have a browser window open for work items and builds and everything else that's kind of my workflow now i don't know is that the same year or or do you use work items in the ide a lot still uh not really um but again remember i'm in Jira world, so I kind of have oh, it. Yeah. So I've gotten kind of used to it. Got, it got, but and then the still, don't be afraid. You guys listening out there, there is still going to be Visual Studio integration, but it's going to be the smart part. It's where it's yep. better together. It'll still be in Visual Studio, um, but it's the other things like these test results um, that they're going to be putting out, and we'll see more and more on the web. Other testing tips, they also did a, an exploratory testing extension. Mm. Have, have you seen that? Because I know you do a lot of no, I, you talk no, about I actually testing. Haven't. Yeah, yeah, go on. Yeah. It basically allows you to um, log the manual exploratory testing, capture, markup screenshots, collect diagnostic, file bugs, and everything. And this is you know an extension for, right now, um, VSTS. So you huh. can do it cross-platform again. You can do this exploratory testing in your Chrome browser on your Windows, Mac, Linux. Um, and the key thing is that we're going to hit on it again in another story is that it's an extension. We talked about marketplace.visualstudio.com. Um, this extension story is going to be huge because you can add these capabilities with outside, out of band. They can be updated out of band. You can add them or not. You don't have to pay the price if you don't need them or want them. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, um, 
and yeah it's, it's good as well because you don't have to pay the price but you also get more control about when you introduce those features those new big feature areas into your your instance because one of the problems mm-hmm. that people would or you know would worry about when we're updating the service every three weeks is um about cheese getting moved and about you know big new things arriving and they haven't had a chance to, to train people in it yet but that that was the only cool extension that arrived there's another public preview of an extension as well the package management support. I was actually thinking, that. I was actually thinking about the code search, but there we go. Package management. <laughs> well, I'm excited about both of those. Okay, the package, there we go. We've talked about NuGet before, and we've talked about ProGit and uh, the package management. The, the Visual Studio team talked about this a lot um, at the at the summit, both package management and how they're thinking forward. They are the vision that they're putting forward. It it's a look. Looks to me like a real world vision. You know, they're looking at. <laughs> why, why is that so surprising? <laughs> but it's it's just so cool because they're thinking about you know they're they're, they're solving the problems that I have today. Mm-hmm. And you know, we're a small development team, let alone these big monster teams on it. But we are dealing with these today. And and how do you share code? How do you share those uh, um, development resources? And this is just step one in and how you deal with that social coding and that and that enterprise code share. Uh, it's been a long time in coming, I got to say, but they are taking it forward and they're not, um, reinventing the wheel. They're not locking themselves in. This is going to be an extension as well. So they'll be able to rev it. Uh, it ties right into NuGet. They're going to, then they're going to support not just NuGet 3, but NuGet 2. Uh, so your Visual Studio 2013, 2012 will be able to talk to it. Uh, I, it's awesome yeah the team have really been i I was again i got to spend earlier on today i was chatting with brian um after the after the event had finished it was like you know like a sort of a little kind of relaxed cocktail party kind of thing i was just chatting with him and um i was saying wow you you guys really aren't missing me at all (laughs) it's amazing like all this goodness that's just flying out the team and it's all cross-platform it's all like relevant to real world problems it's just it's just great to see now interestingly the whole extension thing a lot of the mm-hmm. motivation for that actually came about, it got kind of bumped up the priority stack. We always wanted to have it, but it kind of got bumped up the priority stack because of um, internal use. You know, now there's some really, really big teams using uh, team services um, for you know, big Microsoft product development. And these big teams typically have their own, you know, like engineering resources as well to improve their systems. And it was key that when we were doing that for the company that we didn't hamper innovation and hamper the ability for teams to, you know, do stuff to make their workflow better. And so having the extensibility model, just, you know, if a team cares super passionately about a particular feature, then then they can build it, add it, and then we can go, oh, that's neat. Let's steal that and ship it. <laughs> Such as code search. There we go. I'll shoot it back in there. The code search yeah. uh, functionality. The code search becomes more and more important for in in lots of scenarios. Um, one of them is as we move more and more to you know componentized development, which we were just talking about package mm-hmm. management. Then those. Your, your, your packages are typically sort of spread out in different solution files. So find, you know, going to finding files inside of Visual Studio kind of doesn't work anymore. And then as you move to like towards Git, then you tend to have lots of Git repositories. A Git repository would typically be around like 
you know, a, a Git repository would it be, be a good correlation between a mapping of a Git repository to a, to a NuGet package, you know? That's kind of the right sort of size of a NuGet repository. And so mm-hmm. um, you get lots of NuGet repos, you get lots of Git repos, and right. all this code spread around everywhere, and you want to be able to search it. And yeah, so they've, they've added that as well, which is pretty cool. That, this I got saw this demoed, and um, this wowed me as well. Uh, it was just finally. Oh my god! <laughs> finally, I've got it. The the TFS um, administration toolkit uh, that has a find in files, and it will do. It'll go against the repository, or, you know, the the server, and do the search. But it's 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 pretty brute force. Yeah, you see, it searches every file. This this uses a. It maintains an index outside of the repository. Um, and it's Rosalind-based. It's not just a string-based. You can find references. You can find definitions. You can just search for the text. Yeah, like you said, you can search cross projects, both TFVC and Git. There's semantic ranking to yeah. try to help you find that right one. This is really bit, uh, cool filtering. Because um, it's, in, it's interesting. The semantic ranking is a really interesting thing because um, when you're searching for code, it's a very different algorithm to when you're searching for a natural language. If you search for, you know, foobar, you probably, if there's a class called foobar, then that's probably what you're after. But if there's a method called, or if you did a search for get foobar, you know, and there's a method called get foobar, then that the declaration of that method is probably what you're after, not the file that calls get foobar the most often, which is what you would get if you were using just a textual index, you know, because it's it's hits, it's how many times that thing was referenced in a file. That's not what you want at all. You want the declaration of it. So being able to use Roslyn to crack, you know, to actually parse the files and understand what the files mean, and then store all that data in the index makes for a, a much better code search problem. The code search problem is incredibly hard, which is why it's taken so long. Um, but it's also, there's been a few companies try to do code search as, a, as an extra yeah. product, but it's not really a product, it's a feature, you know? So anyway, yeah, it's cool to see. And, you know, we're talking about this marketplace. This is available as an extension. While you were talking about semantic search, I went to the marketplace, I installed it, it installed on my... Um, VSTS extension, yeah. uh, the, the search code box appeared. Uh, it's indexing my code as we speak. It, the install was fast. It's just there. Yeah. And, and it's free. And I just can't imagine how awesome this is going to be when I can install this on-premise. Now, this is not coming in update one, uh, but we were also committed to, or it was stated that we're going to have the same kind of capability on-premise as well as off. Yeah, the on-premise story is significantly harder to deliver as well for various reasons. Yeah, well, I'm sure. Because of the way the indexing technology works, it's it's a significant set of infrastructure they put in place to do that. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm interested. I, we'll see. The team have been amazing. I, you know, knowing how it works under the hood, I'll be. Um, I can imagine the install instructions right now would be hideous, and you know they get they're trying to probably trying to get to a point where you want your installation to just but you want it to just be a checkbox you add when you're installing TFS for this particular mm-hmm. feature, and um, yeah, getting to that point for the installation instructions is going to be a lot of work. So yeah, that's why. Whereas when you're doing it on, we you know when you're doing it in the service, you can use you can use release management to deploy your bits for you. It's a lot easier than having to tell people how to install it on their own machines. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. 
All righty. So we've talked about .NET Core and ASP.NET yeah. 5. Um, we've talked code. about VS Code, open was, source. Oh, yeah. which no, so we had talked a bit about builds, but there was other interesting news around the build side as well, wasn't there? The subversion integration? Oh, oh, oh yeah. Uh, yeah, the subversion integration. No. Um, basically, for the build side, it can actually – doing this whole cross-platform thing, one of the, the – the, um, Application lifecycle team at Microsoft has actually branched off, and they've created and focused on Java even more so. Uh, for example, if you go to java.visualstudio.com, there's a whole site just for that, uh, emphasizing their focus. And one of the things they're doing is they understand that there's a lot of subversion support in the Java world. They've added that to the build system. That uh, they've included information about more about the build system, the walkthrough of using that new subversion support in your builds. Uh, welcome to you know the world of Visual Studio Team Services and the Open Microsoft. Yeah, and what where that that's often incredibly useful when you're transitioning over to TFS or VS, you know VSTS, um, because you can. Um, a lot of times the Java teams have a subversion repository, but they kind of want to move to Git. But moving to Git is, is you know, as complicated and as painful for them as it is for TFVC people because you're going from centralized version control, a very similar model to, you know, to TFVC's uh, local workspaces, to uh, distributed version control. And you've got that whole set of different thinking to do. So it takes people a while to move everything over so having being able to keep your subversion repository around but move to team services for work items and builds and you know things like that and then maybe also start your migration over to git as a gradual process and yeah it's it's pretty impressive it's pretty cool so speaking of git and cross-platform. Yeah, the um, the announced uh, the uh, the the Git credential manager, um, which they've had on the Windows one for a while. It, uh, it Andrew Nurse did the Git credential manager originally, and then the mm-hmm. team kind of piled in and helped out. And just to explain what one of those is, when you're when you install Git normally, um, and you want to talk to like a a server, you know, it has to authenticate. And when you want to store those credentials, um, you just, it's, it's, it doesn't store them because it's in the command line. You know, it just keeps them in memory for the invocation. It's a pain because you have to type them in loads. The Git Credential Manager for Windows actually takes your credentials and stores them in um, in Credman, in Windows Credential Manager. So in secure, uh, Depappy, whatever it is, protected storage, which is cool. But even better than that, rather than actually storing username and password, um, a lot of people maybe have two-factor authentication enabled uh, on both their you know, Microsoft accounts, but also on maybe their GitHub accounts. And so you can't just use a username and password. You have to have another way of authenticating. And they actually support you know, OAuth style authentication where you go in, you you log in, and you know you you get a little pop up, and you actually when well, you don't get a pop up, sorry, you type in your username and password, and then rather than um rather than going you know it through and having to get one that actually works, it'll take you through either GitHub's or VSO's two factor authentication mechanism, and you like with the GitHub one, you get prompted for your pin that got sent to you over your mobile phone and you type that in and then the thing that it stores in credential manager isn't um your real username and password and pin or whatever it's just it's just the um the key you've got the application token you've got which is now revocable so if you lose your laptop or whatever um you can go and go onto the server and revoke that and you know that that machine can't be used to talk to source control so pretty cool cool 
so we talked about build. Um, if you guys want to view them offline, Alexandre, Alexandre, I'm sorry, I'm going to butcher your name again. I always do that. Rise Bois, Bois. Yep. Uh, written a PowerShell script to to reach out to Channel Nine, get the URL, and, and download all the files. Deal with file name weirdnesses and well, so you can grab them all. One script. The, the, what I liked about Connect is that there's not only all the live sessions, which are many of them are available now, as I've already said. Uh, yeah. But there's like you did ones, right? Are there yep. Connect ones that you pre-recorded, but that are now available? Well, I didn't do a, I didn't do any pre-records. There are some pre-recorded okay. ones that are available, but I also did. Um, I did a panel when I was there, um, mm-hmm. and that that's not available yet. But it's in the Channel Nine system. You know, it's just got to. It takes a while. It's like you know, massive sort of raw HD files take a little while to upload. Where from the from the hotel Wi-Fi in the New York. <laughs> But no, that's probably, yeah, you know, go grab them and just pick um, uh, my always recommendation is to find something that looks really cool and do a brown bag over lunch, you know, get get your colleagues in and let's just go watch one of these sessions because there's some, there's some cool stuff. And those, there are lots of shorter videos they've got this time, which is quite nice. And, you know, there are lots of bite-sized ones. So lots of really cool stuff. Hey, we're um, we're probably uh, this is we, we've we've just been talking about connect the whole time. This is awesome. Can I um, before we before we wrap up? Can I uh, okay. throw in this is related to you know we were talking about the new release management functionality. Well, um, Jakob N has got a book out um, uh, with APRESS on continuous delivery with Visual Studio ALM 2015, which is definitely worth a read. So, um, yeah, if you, we'll put a link into the show notes and we'll probably make it so we get Amazon points or whatever. But uh, go definitely take a look at that. It's um, a really good book and Jakob's a great, a great expert on, on this topic. So I would, um, I've, I've, I'm going to order it myself and take a look. Cool. And then, um, yep. Can't be a show without ALM Ranger talking. Uh, Anisha, who I saw, who I met face to face at the MVP Summit. Okay, that's the last time I'm going to mention the MVP Summit this year. I bet it isn't. You know what I'm disappointed about? Connect that they didn't announce the build dates. I was I put serious money that yesterday at, at during the live thing they would announce the build dates. Huh. I know there's rumored dates from a leak on the Moscone Center website that's no longer available where they list all the events. What was the rumor uh, dates, by the way? Uh, the rumor dates is the end of March. Huh. The, the either 29th through 31st. Is, or I just I have no idea when it is, so I'm 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 make, wanting to make sure I yeah, don't have have holidays booked around that time. So yeah, cool. Yeah, end of March. So it's getting really close you know people need some lead time to schedule stuff so i mean they already announced um ignite dates and conferences and all these other dates but build is still like a secret and, and I, I i'm really very surprised that they didn't announce that uh anyway sorry off my little rant uh alm rangers she posted a number of the uh, VS team extensions that are available from other Rangers mm. and, and who and uh, what they are, where they're available, uh, who did it, how to connect with them. I think well, that's just, almost. Yeah, this is going to really make anything. the Rangers so much easier to deliver stuff. This is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. Um, and simple things like, you know, test taste explorer, work on visualizations, folder management, uh, how to print your cards from your backlog, scrum reports, enhanced reports, requirements integrator, which awesome, uh, a team room summary, just you know, welcome email, simple things. But this is the work that the Rangers have done and they're making available. And, you know, 
the extensions, this means also that if you guys want to extend VSTS, you know, there is an extension to help you extend mm. VSTS. I, that, that was just too meta for me. Yeah, but awesome. Well, my friend, I think it's that time. It sure is. Yeah, if people have um, got any questions or feedback, where should they send it, Greg? Send it at – best place to reach out to us is RadioTFS at Outlook.com. We get all of those emails. Um, we also uh, are you know listening to our RadioTFS Twitter account. Yeah, which it's just at, at RadioTFS. Radio we definitely, definitely <laughs> get pinged about those. Or you can give us a call. Uh, I want somebody to give us a call. Mm. I, okay, just one person. Send us a voicemail. Uh, we'll figure out how to get it recorded. We'll maybe even put you on the show as, as a follow-up. I don't even know if this works, so maybe I should call and leave a message. But it is uh, 1-425-233-8379. That number's in the show notes as well, in case you missed it. And I really appreciate you guys listening. And I really appreciate all you guys watching our show last week. All, you know, 40,000 of you who watched our show. That was, that's crazy. Quite, quite alarming. Uh, but I mean, hopefully we're back down to the usual 600 today. So <laughs> you have a loyal crowd, not, not, not these Channel 9, you know. <laughs> oh, don't be talking bad about oh. my Channel 9. I wonder what I, I wonder what I thought for the, because that's basically, yeah, 30, well, uh, 39,500 people who've no idea who we are. All of a sudden, we're on like episode 100. They're like, what is this? Well, there was the, all the retweets about it. And, and, and since that is I moonlight there, I did highlight it on the Channel 9 homepage. So yeah, we got there for a couple of days. The picture was just awesome. Yeah. So you can't... Well, we were very excited to see each other. So. <laughs> cool. All right, my friend. Great. Well, speak to you next time. And uh, thanks for thanks for your time. We'll speak to you later on Radio TFS. Mm-hmm.